Amen and amen. Come on, somebody. No other name in which we are saved other than Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, hey, welcome to church today. Good to have you after Easter. I mean, for some of you guys, you got, you're two for two right now. Great job. I'm just going to give it up for you. Come on, let's give it up for everybody. Two for two. Amen. Come on, you're shooting. You're shooting better than 50%. You're doing better than the Spurs, that's for sure. Better than the Spurs, that's for sure. Amen, amen. But we are in a series uh, at the cross right now and having a good conversation. Man, there's so much power in what's happened at the cross through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So um, we, we're focused on that and uh, we're having a good conversation. We're going to be talking about it over the next couple of weeks. And so last week I focused on this area uh, on Jesus, what he has done on the cross and what that means for us. The freedom that comes through Jesus Christ and he paid for our sin, right? And uh, he, he took it upon his back and did that for us, that each one of us, the revelation that we don't have it together, that we will never be enough and we will always need, humanity will always need a savior. It doesn't matter how good we are, we can't good ourselves into heaven. It doesn't matter how great we are, we can't great ourselves into heaven. I know it doesn't make sense, but go with me on it, right? It's through the grace of, G of, of our heavenly father and through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that we receive salvation. He paid the price for our sins. Amen. So let's, uh, we're going to jump into this conversation here today. If you want to write this across the top of your papers, write this because of the cross, because of the cross. How many of you guys have uh, ever found yourself where your identity changed one day to the next? You, 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 it shifted. You said yes to a responsibility, and now all of a sudden the responsibility has a different identity, so now you, there's a different expectation on your living. You ever been there before? Maybe if you're married, you understand this, right? You're married. You were, one day you were uh, dating. The next day, you married. <laughs> right? There's an expectation there on you being a husband and or a wife. If you don't live to that expectation of husband and or wife, you're probably not going to be married very long. You're probably not. If you don't take that identity, I'm a husband. I'm here to love my wife as Christ loves the church. I'm wife. I'm here to respect my husband as unto the Lord. Amen. That's biblical, FYI. I know it sounds like super controversial. <laughs> That's straight biblical. Ephesians 5, Amen. Imagine if you didn't take that on. Imagine if you, you took on a responsibility as a manager inside of your workplace. You went from one job responsibility and you said, yeah, I want to be the manager or the CEO or the COO, whatever the COO, whatever it is. You took that on, but you did not live that way. The company would fall apart. The team would fall apart. You would bring dysfunction to the team. Yeah. The identity has so much power whenever we truly understand the identity and we walk in the identity that we have accepted. You know, I think for uh, in the church, you know, there's a there's a thing out there right now. And, uh, you know, I love the statement and uh, the and maybe it's criticism, but we have lowered the bar so low on salvation that individuals have not received transformation. It's we, we've lowered the bar so low on salvation. All you got to do is say a prayer and you're in. You get a free ticket to heaven. Amen. Right? But the reality is it, it, it's much more than that. Jesus saved us from something. He, he saved us from sin. He saved us from missing the mark of his expectation. 
That there's, a, there's an expectation now behind our living that can't just be we said a prayer and now we're good. It's more than that. It's more, it's, it's a living that represents the very prayer that we prayed. You know, uh, the Bible would say this in John chapter 15, Jesus would say this. Verse number one, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Ooh, Lord. <laughs> Verse number two, go with me for just for a second. This is Jesus speaking. It's not my words, just FYI. It's not my words. This is Jesus speaking. Okay, our Savior, our Redeemer, God from heaven down to earth, shed his blood to die for us. The one we sing about, praise Jesus, amen. This is Jesus speaking right now, okay? He says this, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. What is he? I'm the supply. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. Woo! That's a harsh terminology right there. He cuts off every branch that does not produce fruit. He prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Verse number eight, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great joy to my father. Okay, so Jesus is making it very clear here. I am the vine. If you are connected to me, I am the supply that's going to produce inside of you. And the production inside of you is going to produce out of your life, right? There's an expectation that if you're connected, you're bearing fruit. But the, the vines that don't bear, the branches that don't bear fruit, Jesus is saying, the heavenly father cuts those off. There's a severing of those branches, Right? And so there's an expectation that when we're connected to the vine, there's a living and there's behaviors that's now producing. It's producing something. Now, how many of you guys have ever been in a place where you like, you wanted to be like somebody, right? You, you desired, you desired their living, you desired their ability. Warren Buffett is known for this. Everybody that likes business, Warren Buffett, man, what stocks is he doing? What is he, what trade is he doing? John Maxwell for leadership, Maxwell, Maxwell, oh God, I gotta get this, right? Robert Kiyosaki for um, all kinds of stuff. Robert Kiyosaki for all kinds of stuff. I'm trying to think of a few other people on the fly right now. But you know, there's individuals that we seek to know and understand and maybe copy these behaviors because we want to model those inside of our lives. Now, when I was a young man, I liked basketball. And so I wanted to be like Mike. Who doesn't want to be like Mike, right? I want to be, I want to be like Mike, the original OG, the best player to ever play the game. There ain't no King Jesus. I mean, there, there, there ain't no King James. There's King Jesus. I just, I just messed that up for a second. There ain't no King James. There's only King Jesus, right? I can't believe he put that title on his name. Sacrilegious. He might just burnt an man. Okay, so I grew up, you know, my grandparents lived in Ilmendorf, Texas, for everybody that knows about Ilmendorf. Hey, man, Ilmendorf. It's a little shady over there, but that's okay. It's a little shady. But back in the day, I wanted to be like Mike. I wanted to do it all like Mike. And everybody was doing the same thing, right? Uh, tongue out like Mike, right? So I took my little basketball goal outside and I stuck it there in Ilmendorf at my grandmother's house. And I was just like Mike. Now, this is what I love. My, our daughter's at, uh, you know, five years old now, Ellis, and our, our other daughter's two years old now. And they live in a world of imagination. Now, psychology, when you read some books out there, they, they, they say the world of adults 
lose the wonder. Because kids, man, they create their own little worlds and their own things. And, and I know this. I mean, there's knowledge now that I have on the limitations that I put around life simply because I've grown up. And now I can look at my kids and be inspired by their creativity in a make-believe world. And I can remember, remember being back that when you wanted to be somebody and you really thought you were? <laughs> my wife would go around her house. She would put ketchup all over the yard and stuff like that. And she was a detective <laughs> solving a crime scene. She also had a pet dead fish that she kept in the freezer for two years. She's a little weird, but I married her, okay? So she's mine. Say something about her, we're going to have a problem. But it's amazing when you can live in that and you feel like it, you know? And I remember being out in Ilmendorf and, you know, uh, this one day, check this out, this one picture. Yes, Jesus has saved us and washed us as white as snow, just like these legs. Amen. But on my leg right here, if you can kind of see the shadow, I got a Nike check right there in my leg. I'm an OG, want to be like Mike. I jumped out one day, I hit that basketball goal and right there on the circle, it just jabbed right into my leg. I got this right here, OG, I want to be like Mike from doing, I didn't cut myself, I didn't go get a tattoo, I lived this thing, right? Now here's the thing, I wanted to be like Mike, so I was copying Mike, I was doing it. I wanted to copy his behaviors. I wanted his work ethic. I wanted all of it. The same thing is true whenever we come to know Jesus Christ. There's a prayer of salvation where, man, all our wrong decisions are nailed to that cross. Jesus is hanging there, and he was beat to a smithereen. They didn't recognize him from an animal to a man. He was beat so bad for our wrong decisions. Yes, he paid the price, but the Bible is very clear. That grace came down to save us, but because of that grace, we don't keep on sinning. And so Jesus preached a message of repent of your sins and turn towards God. Turn from your evil and selfish ways and turn towards God. If you want to be my follower, he would say, turn from yourself, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. This was not no cute Christianity. A lot of people liked what Jesus was saying for the benefits, but the moment he said, pick up your cross, deny yourself, they walked away. As soon as he said, eat my flesh, drink my blood, they walked away because it was too much. All I'm saying here today is we got to be very clear that this message, yes, is for our salvation, but the expectation is we follow Jesus Christ, we deny ourselves, we turn from our evil ways, and we follow Jesus. We do what he's asked us to do. We live how he's asked us to live. We make decisions on a daily basis that reflect him, right? This is our identity. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. We must identify with our new identity in Christ Jesus, not our identity in the world, our free, get out of free uh, jail pass, get out of hell free pass, whatever you want to call it. We got to identify with Christ. You know, if we want to identify with Christ and we want to be like him, there's three things we got to do. The first thing is we got to be with Jesus. We may have said a prayer, but now it's time to get with Jesus. It's time to spend some time with Jesus. You know, you can look at the story of the, uh, the Apostle Paul. He was killing Christians. He had his encounter with Jesus. It transformed his life. Paul did not keep on killing Christians. He did not keep on killing people. He was saved by grace, and then he lived a life following Jesus from that moment in time. He walked away from his evil intentions. He walked away from that life. And you know what he did? He spent three days 
in the presence of God. It was, it was about nine to 10 years before he ever preached his first message. He spent time with Jesus and we see two thirds of the, the New Testament was written by him and we think, oh, it's just overnight. All of a sudden, no, there was a practice that was in place. He was applying it to his life. He was being transformed into the likeness of Christ. You know what it says inside of the Bible? When Jesus showed up in Jerusalem, everybody was like, I mean, when uh, Paul showed up in Jerusalem, everybody was like, I don't know about this guy. I know him as the guy, the old guy. I, I know him as he used to be. I don't know the new creation that Paul is. So they lived in fear. Like, I don't know about Paul. So he had to have people come to his um, come to his defense and say, no, Paul's had a transformation inside of his life. He is preaching the, uh, the unchangeable message of Jesus Christ. So we got to be with Jesus. You know what else we got to do? We got to become like Jesus. We got to act and think and do as he did whenever he was here on this earth. And uh, we got to do what he's doing. Now, here's a few things that Jesus did here on this earth. He preached the gospel. He was very clear. There's many ways to me. There's one way to God. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. He preached the gospel. There is one way to heaven. He taught, he taught people the way. How do you receive eternal life? You know what else he did? He healed the sick. He cast out demons whenever he was here on this earth. Come on, somebody. We have some demons we confront. We should have no fear in Jesus' name, right? Greater is he who's on the inside of us than he who's inside of this world. We can confront any evil. We got power over it. Jesus said, you're going to face trials, but take heart for I have overcome the world. We're going to face some things in this life, but have no fear. What else did he do? He ate and drank with people far from God. He hung out with people that were far from God. You know what else he did? He did justice while he was, on this earth. he was here on this earth. He stood up for the little man. He stood up for the people that was far from God. He stood up for people that were you know, being ostracized from the religious community. He was an individual that stood for something. He stood for justice. He made peace while he was here on earth. He prayed. He uh, prophesied. And he stood up against re religious and political corruption. Jesus did all these things. And you and I should be doing the exact same th thing here. I want to be, I want to be like Jesus. We want to be with Jesus. We want to do what he did. We want to you know, uh, live how he lived right here on this earth. We don't just want to say a prayer and then feel like we can just keep on living how we want to live. There's transformation that, the, that is expected on the inside of our lives. Dallas Willard would say this. He's a professor, was a professor at USC um, for many years. Uh, he since passed away in 2013, but he made this statement, and I think it's such a great statement, and I think of this often, especially as a pastor in the 21st century. He would say this, the greatest issue facing the world today with all its heartbreaking needs is whether those who by profession and or culture are identified as Christians will become disciples. Professing Christians will become disciples. Students and apprentices and practitioners, those that are living, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be with Jesus. I want to do what he did, and I want to live as he lived here, whether the professing actually live of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from him how to live the life of the kingdom of heaven into every corner of human existence. That's it. Will we, as professing, actually live? Jesus would say in Matthew 7, therefore, since everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. 
Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Come on, let me just tell you today, this isn't about trying, this is about practicing. This is about putting these things into practice. The law of multiplication, right? If you, if you start something today, the law of, uh, 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 of momentum, if you want to put it that way, the law of momentum, you start something today, you get something going today. Tomorrow, it's going to look completely different than it did today. But I'll tell you, the gospel is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. It's opposed to earning. We're not here to earn our salvation, but we do want to offer our lives as a holy and living sacrifice to our creator. We want to offer righteously before God. When God said, when when Jesus breathed his last, there was a great earthquake on the earth. What happened at that moment when Jesus was hanging on the cross? It says in the temple where God's presence dwelt, the veil was torn from top to bottom. For what purpose? To give you and I full access because this one blood covenant between the creator of the universe, Jesus, God becoming man and his blood being spilt was the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice that now you and I have complete access to his presence. You and I get that access now. We get complete access to his presence. But let me just tell you, the priest of the Old Testament, when they walked into that presence, they had a bell on their ankle because if they walked into that presence and they had sin, sin in their lives, bam, them suckers would drop dead right there and they would have to pull them out by a chain because they walked in knowingly living a sinful life and died. Now, now I mean, we're... Priests, okay, we're on this side of grace. Don't get me wrong now. It's like, oh my God, Sam, I'm going to die, okay? It's not what's going to happen. But let me just, I'm trying to raise the level of expectation in the house here today. We cannot continue to live lives that do not reflect our creator, reflect our savior. Jesus said, repent, turn away from your wicked ways. Pick up your cross and follow me. Pick it up, follow me. This is gonna be hard, it's gonna be challenging, but take heart, I've overcome the world. You have nothing to fear. So we gotta be careful. We wanna put effort in, we wanna work hard. Let's get big mo behind our lives here today. Get big mo behind our lives and our living. That yes, we may not look completely like Christ today, but give us a year. Oh, we're gonna look more like him, give us five years. Oh, we're gonna look a mere glimpse of him, amen? What happens in Acts chapter four, Peter and John are healing an individual, they would go before the Sanhedrin. They would go before these religious individuals because they healed somebody in Jesus' name. They said, by what name did you heal? And they said, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we healed. And they looked at him and were like, hey. But Acts chapter 4, let me read it because it is good. Acts chapter 4, verse number 12, it says this. There is salvation in no one else is what they, they would reply back. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Let's be clear inside of here. You cannot read the gospels and not be clear on biblical doctrine. The only way you are compromised in your biblical doctrine that Jesus is the only way is if you are of the world and you are trying to make people feel good about themselves without giving them the truth. You cannot read the gospels. You cannot be connected to Jesus. You cannot be in his word to understand what his word says and then water down the message. You can't just make you, it's very clear whether it was coming out of Jesus' mouth or it was coming out of his disciples' mouth. 
right? And it says it right here. There is, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the high council or the member of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Come on, let's bring boldness back. Amen. Forget sexy back. Let's bring boldness back. Amen. Justin Timberlake wants to bring sexy back. We're going to bring boldness back. We're going to bring faithfulness back. Come on, let's, let's bring it back in Jesus' name. Let's be the generation that says we're going to push away from philosophical madness and doctrinal inaccuracies of the truth, and we're going to live according to the truth and say we're bringing faithfulness back. We're bringing truth back. We're bringing boldness back in Jesus' name. But he goes on to say inside of here, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Come on, somebody. What do I want to be? In the life in which I live, in the places in which I go, I want to be known as a man that has been with Jesus. Amen. It's represented in my word. It's represented in my deed. It's represented in my love. It's represented in the life in which I live before man. I want to be known as an individual that has been with Jesus. Come on. We can't just say a prayer and go on living how we please. We must change the dynamic and say we're going to live as Jesus, as Lord of our lives. You know, I just heard this past week and I was talking with another pastor in the church, Pastor Greg, and we were talking just kind of what, what's the issue of our, our culture today. And I, and I was telling him about a book I'm reading and man, it's challenging me and, you know, kind of the, the frustration I'm seeing in the American church and, you know, how we've lowered the bar so low of salvation that literally there's professing Christians that have no transformation in their life. And he, and he said, so what's up with this certain pastor? And you would know it if I said his name. And I said, well, you know, uh, um, you, you can find when you watch a lot of these individuals to find in their preaching is it's all about the niceties of God. It's all about the benefit of Jesus Christ. It's all about the grace and the love. Yes, and all that is good. Don't get me wrong. But it is about the repentance of our sins. And you will find a low message towards repentance because the moment you identify sin, now you got to identify what sin is. And that can come off as an opinion in a world that is compromised philosophically. Come on. Well, that's your opinion, pastor. No, it's not my opinion. It's not my opinion. There's, bib there's biblical, right? And this one individual said, you know, I get criticized for not talking about sin. I'm big on sin. I'm big on sin. But I'm just heavy on grace and the love of God. And he would go on, but I'm, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool. But why don't you get heavy on sin too? Why don't you talk about that, man, we must turn from this evil and wicked way that is compromised. And how about we turn towards Christ and let's talk about holiness too. Yeah, let's do it both, right? Let's do both and we can't just be one and not the other. If Jesus did it, why would we not do it? Right? And so what happens is it, lower, it lowers an understanding of an individual to be like, well, you know, it's all under grace. It's all under grace. It's all under grace. Well, grace is not a bound, as Paul would say, for us to keep on sinning. So it's very easy. You can look in scripture and be very clear about it. In Galatians 5, verse number 16, it says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Come on, let's get up in the trenches real quick. Just real quick with me. Just go for just a second. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives because if the Holy Spirit's guiding your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Oh, okay. So if the, the, the Holy Spirit isn't guiding our lives, then we're living according to a sinful nature. 
Okay. But that's the whole reason why Jesus came to live and die. What did John the Baptist say? I baptize in water, but I, there's one coming behind me that I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals that's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. It knocks off all the dross. It knocks off all the chaos. It removes that selfish, sinful desire and now puts purity and holiness on the inside. He goes on to say the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. The spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Come on, I believe everybody's got good intentions. Every person upon the face of the earth has got good intentions. But if a veil of darkness is over their eyes, they're going to live according to their simple desires. They have not been saved and redeemed by the creator of the universe. Good is not good enough. Great is not great enough. Jesus is. So it goes on to say, but when you're directed by the spirit, you are, under, uh, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So when we look at scripture, the scripture is going to define it for us. Romans 1, we can look at Galatians 5 here. It's going to go on to say in here, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality. There's a long list underneath there too, okay? I don't need to go into all the trenches on that because I'm not going to offend anybody, okay? But we clearly understand what sexual purity is and what impurity is, okay? We understand what marriage is and we understand what is not God's design for marriage, Okay, we don't need to get into those trenches. I've already been there, okay? I'm a pastor that's hard and pain on all that stuff, right? Because I'm in the trenches with you. But it goes on to say, insider sexual, impure, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So it starts to define them. We can go into Romans 1 right now and it'll get real, real. We're not going to do that right now. We did that a couple weeks ago. But we got to be clear. There's expectation, something greater. So if we're connected to the vine, what does that mean? Here's the other side of it. So we talked about sin, but let's talk about the spirit now. Let's get balance in here. Okay? So what does it say? It says in here as we move on, it says, uh, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ouch. We don't like that. But the Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So if you're a Christian inside of here, this should be much more evident than everything else I just said. Right? It says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Amen. That's the power of the cross. All of this junk on the inside of us like, Jesus, thank you that you took this junk. We're free in Jesus name now. It's all on the cross. We've nailed it there. But some of us want to hang on. We want to keep a few nails back for ourselves and be like, now we're going to hold on to this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of the sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the spirit, let us follow the spirits leading in every part of our lives. Amen. Let us follow by in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Let's not think it's about us. Let's not cause division. You know, let's, let's be focused inside of this life and live. Let the Holy Spirit fill and encompass every part of our lives. Amen? Amen. So if we're going to be like Jesus, obviously we got to turn from something and live something. And if our identity is in Christ, we got to identify with that. 
We got to say, I am in Christ. And because I am in Christ, I am blank. I have blank and I can do blank. Okay, you want to go with me just for a second and start declaring some things over our identity. If we are in Christ Jesus, I am blank. I, I have blank and I can do blank. Okay, go with me. If this hits you just for a second, the, a couple of these things, you're going to hear a few things and maybe you can identify with it that the enemy has been lying to you. The enemy has got up in the middle of your understanding of who you are and who you think you are and you are not identified in Christ. And today you're not repeating this over your life, right? We're overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. Come on, we stand firm upon G, uh, the, Jesus Christ's word. In Matthew 7, what does he say? When you practice these things and put these things into practice, when all this stuff comes, you stand firm, right? Every argument that comes from the world, we bring it underneath the argument of Jesus Christ, the, the truth of God. We got to bring every one of these arguments and bring it underneath. And this is how we do it. So let me just speak to our identity today as Christians. We want to be, we want to be like Jesus. So we can go, go with me on this. Because of the cross, I am. Because of the cross, I am chosen by God who called me out of darkness, out of the darkness of sin and into the light and life of Christ so I can proclaim the excellence and greatness of who he is. I've been called out of darkness to now speak of his goodness. Let's be clear. I am. I am called by God. I am renewed in the knowledge of God and no longer want to live in my old ways of, or nature before I accepted Christ. I am a new creation. I am pushing against that old life and I want to live a new life. Amen. As Colossians 9 says, it says in here, don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked uh, deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Come on, put off that old nature, put on your new nature in Christ Jesus. We all have a new birth date. As Jesus said to Nicodemus, yeah, you're not going to have a new birth in a mother's womb, but you have a spiritual birth in this life. He says here, uh, going on, because of the cross, I am born again, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for God's purposes through the living and everlasting word of God. Because of the cross, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Because of the cross, I am dead to sin. My relationship to it is broken and I am alive to God. Living is in unbroken fellowship with him. Amen. Because of the cross, I am holy and without blame before him in love set apart. I am, uh, because of the cross, I am supplied. God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I have all I need. I am supplied. I'm connected to the vine. I have all that I need in Christ Jesus. Another thing is I am God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works that he has prepared for me uh, to do. Amen. We're prepared to do what he's laid out for us to do. Um, and we are his masterpiece. We are his workmanship. He has put us together for such a time as this. Uh, because of the cross, I am uh, the righteousness of God. I have right standing with him in Jesus' name. As I said, we get right standing with God. We get full access to the throne room. That veil was torn top to bottom that we get access to his presence. Because of the cross, I am the righteousness of God and I have right standing with him in Jesus. Because of the cross, I am a temple of the Holy Spirit and I belong to him. Because of the cross, I am the head and not the tail and I only go up and not down in life as I trust and obey him. Come on, somebody. That's some OG people right there. I'm the head and not the tail. Amen. Because of the cross, I am strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. I have the strength I need to live this life out. Come on. Because of the cross, we are something. 
I am. This is our identity. I am all of this stuff. Stuff we need to repeat every single day about our lives. We don't need to identify with our old lives. We identify with the new life in Christ. I am. I am. I have all that I need. I can accomplish all that he set out for me to do. I've been set apart from that darkness to live in righteousness, to proclaim his goodness. Come on. That is what we are here to do. So we are, we are something. I am. There's another thing we have because of the cross. We have, what what do we have? We have the mind of Christ. We got the mind of Christ. We can be in the world, but not of the world. We can be renewed. Our minds can be renewed as Romans 12 talks about by the word renewed right here. So we have the mind of Christ. I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. As we just sang about a minute ago, we get the peace of God that passes all this understanding. I have the power, the spirit of God who is greater than the enemy in the world. And this, the spirit of God who is greater than the enemy in the world, he lives in me. I have received the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. The eyes of my heart enlighten so that I know the hope of having life in Christ. Come on, we're wise now. We've been given wisdom on what truth is. We've been enlightened Come on, the enlightened period didn't bring us truth. It brought us chaos, right? Here we are today, philosophically all over the place because of the enlightened period. But the truth of Jesus Christ will win out. It says this, I have received the power of the Holy Spirit and he can do miraculous things through me. I have authority and power over the enemy in this world. Amen. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. I have everything I need to live a godly life and I'm equipped to live in his divine nature. We have all we need to live this life righteously. No more excuses. No more excuses. Let's press on. So because of the cross I am, because of the cross I have, now because of the cross I can do. I can. Because of the cross, I can defend myself in all circumstances. I live by faith in God and extinguish all the flaming darts, the attacks of the enemy. I have what I need to defend myself. I have the ability to defend myself. I'm not helpless. We got a great defender. We got strength on the inside. If we can call things that are not that as though they were, we can speak things into existence, man. We have all that we need to confront the enemy. We can do all things in life through Christ Jesus who gives us strength. Amen. Come on, I can do what God's word says I, uh, and I am blessed in my actions. I can be a conqueror through him who lives in me. I can overcome the enemy of my soul by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. I can press on each day to fulfill God's plan in my life because I live to please him. I can live without fear because the Holy Spirit lives in me and gives me his power, love and self-control. Amen. Christ lives in me. He lives in me and I can live by faith in him and his love for me. Come on. I am, I have, I can do. Come on, this is our identity in Christ Jesus. If we don't know what we have, you ever seen that, uh, the YouTube video where this, uh, this young scrawny kid kept on going to school and he was picking on this individual that was much bigger than him. Anybody ever seen that YouTube video before? It was in Australia. And this kid was bigger than him and he just kept on getting picked on and kept on getting picked on. And this, this guy just like kind of sat back and was just taking it, was just taking it, was just taking it. But all of a sudden that one day, this guy said, I got some power and I'm going to display this power. He picked that kid up, slammed him, body slammed him. Rah! That kid was, uh, that was the last day that kid ever picked on him. 
Let me just tell you today, I'm not advocating Bidenists. Don't get me wrong. You're out here like body slamming your wife tonight. You know, Every day I put up with you woman. You know, it's not what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, I could have stayed there for a second, but hey, we got to keep it interesting. Amen. Uh, so what, what we, can, we can do in this life is, is not identify with who we are in Christ Jesus and believe we are powerless in this fight. But maybe today you have identified with darkness. Maybe today you, you prayed the prayer and you, you aren't accepting the power that can help you live a godly life. You, maybe you have received salvation, but you have not turned from your selfish, sinful ways. You have not taken your passions and nailed them to the cross. You've hung on to them and said, I want Jesus and my life. And if that's the case, it's time to say, you know, come to the end of yourself and say, okay, I'm repenting of my sin and I am turning towards God. Let me just tell you today, Jesus sat there. A woman was brought in before him that was caught in adultery. There is no denying that she was caught in adultery. Those religious people were really excited about catching her that day in adultery. I'm sure they were stoked out of their mind. Like, we're going to catch her. We're going to run in. We're not going to see anything, but, you know, we're going to go check it out. You know what I mean? And we're going to get her. We're going to hold her accountable. I'm sure that those religious people were doing that. Religious people are the most some of the most simple people on the face of the earth. Right? Whitewashed tombs. They look good on the outside, but they jacked up on the inside. So they brought this woman in before Jesus. What did Jesus do? He kneeled down in the sand. He wrote out, scholars believe, he wrote out the sins of everybody that was in that room as he knelt down on the ground. And each one of them, the Bible says, oldest to youngest left. Because he started with the old one that was like, you know better than this. You should know grace. You should know the heart of the Father. So let me write out your sin real quick. And he was like, oh, he's good. He's real good. He's real good. Let me get out. And he did it all the way down to the very last, the youngest individual in there that was a religious spirit, called him out, and they all walked out. It was just him and this woman that, yes, was a sinner. She was falling short of the glory of God. She was not living a life identified in Christ Jesus. She was not doing it. But there was no condemnation. But there was clear direction. What did he say to her? Where are your accusers? They're not here anymore. Let me just tell you today, where your, where's your accuser? He ain't end up in this place because we praise the hell out of this place. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. We praise the hell out of this place. That's why we come into worship. That's why if you're wise in the Lord and you know what's going down, this isn't a war against flesh and blood, but against principalities of the unseen world. If you're a mature believer, you're walking through these doors, not through these doors, not to say I'm at a buffet. You're through these doors to say we are at a place where hell is trying to break loose on life. And I'm a warrior for the creator and I'm here to battle. I'm here to praise hell out of this place. I'm here to worship God. I want to set the atmosphere for the person on my left and my right can hear the message of Jesus Christ and their walls can be brought down and they're ready to receive from the Lord. I, I'm a mature believer. I know what this is all about. I don't need another sermon to get the hair up on the back of my neck. I need another Sunday to come in and be a warrior for Jesus Christ and see lives transformed. That's what we're here to do. Jesus looked and said, where's your accuser? Let me just tell you, there's no more accusers in here. The accuser is not here. The accuser of the brethren is not here. You are wide open right now. So let me just tell you, if you know you are living in sin, if you know you are living in sin, 
You know there's behaviors that you are living in here. Where's your accuser? He's not here. But Jesus says this to her, go and sin no more. Let me just be clear today. The expectation on your life by Jesus is to live righteously. If you are living a life of sin, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. It's time to walk away. Repent of your sin. Come to Jesus and say, I'm going to go sin no more. Repentance. Conviction is a good thing. If you're living life and you're like, ah, I shouldn't be doing this. That is a good thing. Why? Because you haven't been given over to that sin. The Bible is very clear. God will chase you down until you push the Holy Spirit out of your conscience. And then he will give you over to that sin. And you will live without a conscience inside of it. That's when you know you are gone. And a miraculous act of God will save you. Don't get me wrong. God's still pursuing you, but you are living, given over to your sin. And so today, if you are living in anything that we talked about, it's time to repent. Come to this. God, I'm sorry. I'm here. I'm repenting before you. I'm raising my level of living here today to be like you. I want to honor you with my life. I want to be a living and holy sacrifice before you. I don't want to compromise this temple by the life in which I'm living. I want to honor you with it. Repent of your sins here today. Let's stand up to our feet. And I just want to talk this specifically right here. There's no accusers. But if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I'm ready to walk away from it. Come on, because of the cross, you're a new identity. You have a, you're a new creation. You are something. You have something. You can do something. But the start is the cross, and it's nailing all of that to the cross, all those desires to the cross. The power in Jesus' name is he conquered death, hell, and the grave. We did not. The Bible is clear that Jesus faced all sin but did not fall short. He faced all the temptations we face. He didn't sin. So we have a perfect savior, a perfect lamb, blemishless, no spot, no wrinkle on him. He went to the cross and died perfectly for our imperfectness. So it's coming to the end of ourselves and I'm just gonna ask a simple prayer of you today. Are you ready to repent and turn towards Jesus? Are you ready to turn from yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus? I can't be as straightforward as that right there. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here, I'm not gonna, even, I'm not gonna fluff it up. I'm not even. Gonna, if that is you saying, I want to repent of my sin and I want to turn towards Jesus, I'm gonna pick up my cross and follow Him. I'm gonna get big mo behind my life of living for Jesus. To start simply. Raise your hand, wave at me. Say, Pastor, that's me. Today I'm repenting, I'm turning. Today I'm following you. Amen, amen. Hands all over the room. Amen. And let's all just say a simple prayer. He paid the price. He took the weight of our sin upon his back. There is no shame from this moment on. You may have been carrying shame. I can't believe I'm doing this. I, I can't believe I'm acting like this. I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe I'm harboring this anger. I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm living like this. I can't believe I'm looking at this stuff. I can't believe I'm doing this to my spouse. I can't believe it. And you carried so much shame. Well, he took that shame upon the cross. Now it's time to just repent and move on. Repent and move on. 
Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness today because you've done something egregious. You can repent of it, but now it's time to go and receive forgiveness from this person. Maybe you've hurt them. You've done something wrong against them. You've said something. Come with a humble heart, ask for forgiveness. But if this is you today and you raise your hand, let's all say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, we thank you for your perfect life and giving yourself as a perfect sacrifice. Forgive us of our sin here today. We believe you are Lord and Savior. Come into our hearts, transform us, make us new here today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen and amen and amen. Amen. So we're gonna start singing this out and I just want us to rest in this place. Maybe you came in with a heavy heart. Maybe you came in broken inside of your life. Maybe just now you said a prayer that you are receiving 